Hello friends. Pour yourself a cold one, kick off your flip-flops, and pull out your best beach vibes because this is Blame It On Buffett. Well, I sailed from Lauderdale down to Key Largo Crossed the Gulf on a fast sloop And I sailed the Abacos As a kid I read Contiki And now all the pirate books too there's just so many places on my list to see. I'm going crazy just trying to choose. So, uh, welcome to the second episode of Blame It on Buffett. Uh, last episode, I sort of did an introduction, had an interview with Kelly McGuire, which was great. This episode, um, a little bit later on, is going to be an interview with Mike Nash um, of the Southern Drawl Band, if you're familiar with him. Uh, he is a super fun time, so you're going to want to stick around for that interview for sure. I just wanted to start out a little bit <clears throat> by talking just a little more about some things that I sort of introed last week, but um, first off, I was talking to my mom and dad about the um, Jimmy Buffett concert that I went to when I was a little kid. My mom seems to think it was fourth grade. I think I had said third grade. I'm not really sure which is true, but it was one of those. I was very young in elementary school, but my mom told me something which I had totally forgotten about and I just wanted to share on the podcast, uh, and that is that when we were at the concert, we were riding in an elevator, and I don't actually know if it was at the venue or at the hotel or something that we were staying at, which was probably like by the venue. But anyway, we were riding in an elevator and these two guys got in the elevator with us and, um, you know, they were sort of, they, I guess they asked if we were going to the concert and, and I, and we started chatting with them. And so they were asking me about, you know, why, like being there and go going to the concert. And I was really excited uh, and they were really surprised because apparently this is what I just found out. I had asked for this concert for my birthday. So I don't know if it was actually on my birthday, but going to the Jimmy Buffett concert was my birthday present that I had specifically asked for. So I basically had always thought that my parents were just going to the concert and I also went because I like Jimmy Buffett and, you know, <clears throat> wanted to go, I guess, when they were going to go. But apparently... The whole reason that we were going at all was because I specifically had requested that as my birthday present. So I guess I was we were telling the guys about this and I was talking to them and they were just super surprised because, you know, I was a little kid and you don't see that many little kids super into Jimmy Buffett, I guess, um, even back then, which was a number of years ago now. And so I just thought that was really funny and kind of honestly sets the tone for my experience since then in the, you know, Jimmy Buffett, Parrothead Club world, I still sort of get that surprise when people find out that um, I'm into Jimmy Buffett, whether or not they are into Jimmy Buffett, like even my friends who aren't into Jimmy Buffett don't think that I would be into Jimmy Buffett, I guess, and then so they're surprised, or even more so people that are into Jimmy Buffett, our Parrotheads, are really surprised to find out I guess just I don't look like the typical person that's super into Jimmy Buffett. So um, <clears throat> I made a little, I, I posted something on my Instagram that was kind of a joke about, uh, was a black flamingo and 
I sort of said something about how that was my my trap goth vibes because I just have a lot of interests and none of them really go very well together. Um, and Jimmy Buffett is one of those interests, but it doesn't really mesh with any of the other things I'm into, but I still love it. So anyway, I just thought that was a funny story that I had just learned. Um, and I wanted to share with you guys. The other thing that I want to talk about just a little bit more uh, is the Parrothead Club. So I was really excited because a friend of mine from work um, listened to the podcast. She likes Jimmy Buffett, but not, I, I mean, she didn't know about this stuff as much before. Um, she just, you know, was a Jimmy Buffett fan. Hi, Cassie, if you're listening to this. And now I'm waving on a podcast. You can't see that, but I'm waving and hello, Cassie. Uh and so she was, she listened to the episode and, and had some questions for me and, you know, um, well, wanting to know more about the Parrothead Club and, and about the house concerts and um, why we spell things with a PH instead of an F. And honestly, I don't necessarily know the answer to that. Um, I assume, like, I guess I had never really thought about it. It's just a thing that Parrotheads do is... Words that would start with an F, we spell them with a PH instead. But I'm guessing it's because PH stands for parrot head, but I could be wrong. So if you are listening to this and you know the origin of that um, phrasing that we use as parrot heads, please let me know and I will uh, either confirm or deny this on the next episode. Um, which reminds me that there's a fun thing you can do on the Anchor app, if you're listening to this through the Anchor app. If you go to my podcast homepage on the Anchor app, there's a message button. It says message and it has sort of a little chat um, speech bubble with a plus in it. <clears throat> if you click that, you can send me a voice message, uh, which is kind of fun because those are saved as like audio clips in within Anchor that I can then directly use in the podcast. I can upload those and edit them in. So um, I think I thought if people are willing or interested in doing that, it might be fun to have people ask questions and then I can answer questions on future episodes. Or in this case, if you know the origin of the pH um, instead of an F that Pearheads use, uh, you could send me a little chat message and uh, I can post it on the next episode. Or if you don't want me to do that, I can just talk about it. But so anyway, she was asking me about that and also, you know, just more about the Parrot Head Club and, and I, and, it, you know, touched on it a little bit on the first episode, but for people who didn't listen to that episode or um, people who don't really know that much about the Parrot Head Club, about Trap Rock, those kinds of things, which apparently there are some uh, that are listening to this podcast, which I am excited about um, because... I'm, you know, hoping to maybe rope in a few people to this lifestyle that might be interested. Um, the Parrot Club started out as a Jimmy Buffett Club fan club, and th there's a, a lot of history to th this that I'm not going to, like, tell you the whole history, but there's actually a documentary about it. Um, I want to say I should have looked this up ahead of time, but I think it's on Amazon right now. It's on one of the streaming services um, Parrot Heads documentary, and it talks about the origin sort of of the fandom, the guy that started it, sort of some of the super fans that are out there right now, a little bit about the clubs, and so you can watch that if you want, like, the whole history, but 
the general story is that it started as a Jimmy Buffett fan club, but it has grown into so much more over the years. You know, we, I mean, we're still fans of Jimmy Buffett for sure. Um, you know, at least most of us or some people have joined the club for other reasons, but become fans of Jimmy Buffett or, you know, are fans of what the rest of the things that we do in the club, which kind of really make what the club, what it is these days. And that is, um, you know, doing work for charity is a big part of it. Party with a purpose is the tagline. And, you know, we, we raise money for charity. We do raffles at our events, um, all sorts of things, auctions and, and basically all the Parrothead events, um, in addition to being about fun and music and everything are really about raising money and helping people. So that's kind of what has made this club and fandom, it's sort of taken on a life of its own and, and makes it something really special. Um, and then of course there's the live music element. There's always live music at most of the big events and it's just grown and grown. And now it's just, you know, all about bringing in different musicians and singer songwriters and, um, really like expanding that world of trap rock. And even in some cases, maybe one bands that aren't trap rock, but so that's a big part of it too. But I think people, most people who don't really know anything about the club except maybe they've heard of it or maybe they've heard the term parrot heads, they they just think it's a Jimmy Buffett fan club and they don't really understand the extent of what the club does. And I think that's like really a big part of imp- the important part of being in the club and, and what the club stands for. So if you're listening to Cassie, I already told Cassie all of this, so she doesn't need to listen to all that again. But if you're listening to this and you are new to this world for any reason or, you know, you have someone that you want to get introduced to this, like, feel free to send them this podcast and and maybe we can, you know, bring in some new some new people and, and um, like Cassie. And oh, and so in addition to asking me about these kinds of things, she also expressed interest in the, a house concert that was coming up, which was the Mike Nash house concert. And uh, her and her husband went to it, and they had such a great time um, that she even was talking about wanting to maybe host a house concert in the future. So um, that's really exciting uh, when you can bring people into it and they get to, you know, experience something new and really enjoy it and spread the word and, you know take it to their side of town and maybe host some house concerts over there. Um, Yeah, so I just wanted to share that because I was pretty excited that, you know, not only did somebody who doesn't already know everything about this listen, but, you know, was so interested and excited about it that actually she now has come to a house concert. So thanks, Cassie, for coming. I'm so glad you did. Um, And I, yeah, so I, that's uh, just really what I wanted to talk about for a few minutes, but now let's get into the meat of the episode, which is an interview with Mike Nash and having Mike Nash at the house concert, um, at Tamara and Russ's house was great. Uh, it was fun to see him solo because, you know, I've seen him play with, uh, the Southern Drawl Band a number of times and now he's doing more of a solo thing which is cool and exciting, just new, something new and different. And obviously he'll talk a lot more about this in the episode, but, uh, yeah, so it was really great to have, have him and, and Melissa there. 
And it was actually interesting because there was a lot, besides my friend who I brought, there was actually a lot of people at this house concert that I don't, hadn't seen before or don't often see. Um, House concerts are kind of an interesting animal in that oftentimes a lot of people from our local Parrothead Club come, but sometimes other people come. I know certain people have their own, you know, crowds or musicians that they're interested in. So this was a really interesting one just because there was not as many Parrothead Club people there and just more people that are, you know, interested in listening to Mike play. And and so that's kind of cool too is the house concerts are sort of their own thing. They're not necessarily an official club event. You don't have to be in the club and um, anyone can just come and listen. So I, if you're listening to this and you live in Tucson um, or Phoenix, I usually hear about the Phoenix house concerts as well. Uh, feel free to reach out if you've never been or are interested in going, and I will definitely make sure you get the information. Okay, so, um, <clears throat> oh, one more thing before we get into this. Mike talks a little bit about his new solo album that just came out this past year, and then after we did the interview, I realized that we never actually said the name of the album. So, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, my listeners are intelligent enough to go, you know, Google Mike Nash and come up with his most recent albums, but just to make it easier on you, the name of the album is Stay Thirsty. So if you want to listen to that, you can definitely go and listen to it on all the listening platforms. Also, if you want to go to my uh, Blame It on Buffett Facebook page, Mike did a number of uh, new songs that aren't on an album yet, but will be probably on the next upcoming album. And he, I, I recorded a video one and um, posted it on my Facebook page. So you can check that out there if you're interested in seeing a new brand new song that isn't on an album yet at all. Okay, so um, without further ado, uh, let's listen to the interview. Okay, I'm here with Mike Nash and Melissa Doner. Thanks, guys, for agreeing to be on my podcast, the second episode. Glad to be here. We're not in the hot tub, sadly, like the first episode. <laughs> yet. But this, yeah, right. We could move it to the hot tub at some point, but this will have to do for now. Um, so you guys just finished up at Party Gras, right? And sort of, was this your next thing after that, or did you have something in between? No, I mean, this was pretty much it. We came from uh, Party Gras to... to Phoenix and dried out in a hotel room for three days. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Little break in between that and starting again. Yeah. Did you? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say. Now we're starting back up here in Tucson and Yay, in Tucson. South of Mexico. Oh yeah, yeah. So tomorrow you're headed to San Carlos. San Is Carlos, that right? Yeah. yeah we we'll go down there and see Mark Mulligan and play some shows and then come around to uh, Rocky Point. And yeah, Mulligan's definitely one of our favorites here in Tucson. Yeah. We see him a lot because he's pretty close for him <laughs> to come up here. So, um, so I do have a couple friends that listen that aren't like parrot heads or really know a lot about it so if you could just maybe say a little bit about what party gras is and like what you did like how was it what did you do well it's besides New Orleans, play music so obviously you drink a lot yeah i mean that's right. a lot <laughs> everybody drinks a lot but in a nutshell it's it's the oldest party in the trop rock world and it's been going on for almost 30 years it was the original meeting of the minds which if you don't know anything about trop rock you wouldn't know anything about meeting of the minds but that's the big Super Bowl we have in, in Key West every year. And Party Gras is, is kind of like the first event of the new year. It always gets all the new events started. And they have a lot of great music. I mean, I, I've, if you've ever been to New Orleans, you know, the stages are kind of small and the, the rooms are small, so everybody's kind of crammed in, which really makes it cool because it's like a family. You know, like you, you might go in and you, there's like 400 people there 
and you might not know, know anybody, but by the time you leave, you got you know 200 new friends because you've been crammed up next to them <laughs> drinking all week, listening to music. Yeah, I can imagine. Even though sort of a lot of Parrothead events are kind of similar in that you know it's in a place and a lot of musicians come and play. Each one has its own flavor. So like um, New Orleans is probably a lot different than Key West, even though like generally speaking, the events are sort of like a similar event. Yeah, I mean, you have this a lot. Well, not these days you're getting a lot more music in, into it too. There's a lot of new new artists coming along that really have, aren't even tropical. It's right. just great singer songwriter stuff. But I mean, you kind of have pretty much the same music or musicians at most events. But each, like you said, each event's kind of got its own personality, and, and Party Girl picks up on the personality of New Orleans, which is party town, you know, great food, great fun, just lots of people having a good time, Bourbon Street. Yeah, I, I personally have not been to that one yet. I'm hoping to go someday, but I have never actually even been to New Orleans at all. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm going for the first time in March for a work conference, okay. but I'm going to stay a couple extra days, so... I was wondering if you guys had any, like what are your favorite places? Like do you have any recommendations of places to visit? Frenchman Street. You know, it's Frenchman, kind of so path. New, if, you, if you love the music, the jazz, and, the, and the, that whole, the music scene of it, Frenchman Street is actually the new Bourbon Street. In other words, it's just kind of grown up in the last 10 years. Yeah, and you get more locals and you get more like the younger bands and the younger artists that are doing original music and cool, cool stuff. Whereas Bourbon Street has got great music and every single bar has live music, but it's all cover music and it's all bands that have been playing there. They play six nights a week. And right. Uh, is that in the quarter the too, Frenchman Street? Yeah, they're both <clears throat> in the quarter. Yeah. Um, but Bourbon Street is, is way more of the party scene. You know, everybody's drunk and everybody's walking. There's thousands of people in the street. And yeah. Street performers and all this just chaos. And, I mean, I definitely, you know. I feel like you need to experience that too, but I'm probably more of a low-key partier than a really hardcore partier so i feel like just like listening to music hanging out is more my scene than like a huge i mean obviously if i'm going to like party or something but if i'm just going for a visit i'm maybe more into just like that's why like i like house concerts so much it's Mm -hmm. such a fun like intimate but really low-key way to just sort of drink i mean you don't have to drink but like i drink and like see a musician um is that that's something you've gotten into more now that you're doing more solo stuff, right? Big time, yeah. We were just talking to Tamara about it. Um, so, in a nutshell, for people that don't know who we are or anything about me, I've, I've kind of... Oh, yeah. I probably should have introduced you more. This is Mike Nash. You should know everything about him. You should know me. I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah, he's kind of a big deal. <laughs> sorry, you don't know. I'm sorry you don't know me yet. Um, so, I, I started in this. I've been play, I grew up in Nashville, you know, started playing music for a living at the beach in Florida years ago, and then I kind of stumbled into the Parrothead world. And we came along in 2012 when I had a full-time band, and I continued to tour with that full-time band for the last eight years, I guess seven years, until the end of last year, when we decided to disperse and kind of go do our own things, and everybody wants to settle down and start families and go tour on their own and all these things. Oh, that's fine. And, uh, there might be some dog barking, just bear with us. <laughs> we got visitors. Yeah. So basically for this last year, it's kind of been redefining what I'm going to do, who I am, what, what I want to do now, because we kind of have, have established ourselves in the Parrothead world, so we have a lot of work and a lot of shows, a lot of gigs. Um, and in the last year, I've done probably 60% solo, 40% band shows. 
And of those solo shows, I'd say 90% of them are house concerts because we just love them so much. Yeah. It's so awesome. And what, I'm sure like there's good things about playing with a band and good things about playing solo. Like yeah. what are your favorite things about both of those situations? Well, the band, obviously, we only do the big shows now. So we do all the, the big festivals and, you know, like big bar shows. We don't really do a lot of bars, but it's more like clubs that people are paid to be there. So they're there for the music. And so obviously the high energy, the interaction between musicians, that's a lot of fun that you can't get sitting on a bar stool. Right. But then I love the opposite side of that where I'm just like me in a room of 50 or 100 people, you can hear a pin drop and it's all about the stories and, and it's all on me. If it sucks, it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I don't, I'm sure it has never sucked. Like have you ever done a house concert that had like bad energy or? No, that's one thing I will say. That's the beautiful thing I love about the Parrot Head and Drop Rock World is there is no such thing as bad energy. People, they check all their stuff at the gate. They don't care who you voted for. They don't care what bathroom you use. It's, it's, it's like not a, about anything. It's like a family reunion, but you can actually pick your relatives. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I um, had a friend from work that listened to my first episode and she likes Jimmy Buffett, but she's not like in the Parrot Club or really knows a ton about like Drop Rock or whatever. And after she listened, she was like, talk to me about it and I was like there's this house concert and so now she's coming tonight like she's never been to one before and and I was like yeah so here's the, this is the person that's playing and I sent her you know like showed her some of my playlists on Spotify and like and she's like really excited about it into nice. it and and I'm sure the most of the people who listen to this podcast will be people that are already into this but yeah. it's exciting to think that maybe new people will be introduced because I feel like especially the house concert uh, situation is so like like so easy to yeah, do like yeah. you don't it's you don't have to know people really you just kind of are sitting and listening but also you're not like going out somewhere like you don't have to be in the club it's just mm -hmm. a really low key like we're all sort of enjoying something together and i feel like that's really approachable so mm -hmm. that's like I, one I of the nice things i honestly believe that house concerts are the future of music i really do because people are tired of paying 200 dollars a ticket to go pay 30 dollars for parking to go pay $10 a beer to go into a concert and sit a thousand yards right, away from the yeah. performer and just be crammed up with people who are there to get drunk and scream and not enjoy the music. Right. You know, we are living in a changing world now where music is not for your generation and these coming generations. It's not quite the connection that it was for a lot of us, but there's still many of you guys out there who do connect with music. And I think the house concerts, it's a perfect place for that because I don't feel like you know, the generation, I mean, I'm only 43, but the generation below me, I don't feel like is the big party and like all of us were, you know, they'd, they'd rather go and just chill and listen to music and enjoy each other's company. And, you know. Yeah, and it's, one of my favorite things about house concerts too is the, you get to hear much more like background, like you, you get to hear the musician talk more. I feel like that. at big shows, they feel more pressured to really just like play music and mm -hmm. not tell a lot of stories yeah, or the stories behind the song. Yeah, yeah. and and it, just hearing the stories and like getting to talk to the musician, you know, after the show or during mm -hmm. intermission or whatever. For me, that's like a big part of going like because I can listen to a CD if I don't want to hear any stories or behind right. the scenes or talk. You know what I mean? Like I never really understand those people that. At, I've been to concerts where the musician's like telling a story and the person's like shut up and play or like let's talk more rock or something and you're yeah. like why didn't you just stay home and listen to the album like mm -hmm. this is why you go to a show is to hear to the stuff that you can't song. hear just by listening to a CD so I mean honestly I feel like that is my favorite part of house concerts is be, you know because people are paying attention it makes me be 
more real, which is kind of cool because it gives us a chance to make friends with our fans instead of just going to play for 10,000 people on some big stage that we're 20 feet away from and there's no connection there. Yeah. You know, in the living room or in our backyard or whatever for a small group of people, it's an intimate thing. And to me, it's kind of what music is supposed to be about, bringing people together and, you know, and, and just sharing life. I mean, we're all just trying to get through this thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, and another thing too about, I think, that's changed in the world today is musicians like myself and so many others are, you know, we're, we've always been human. Musicians have always been human, but when they're up on this big glorious stage and they're, you know, they shine and they just seem larger than life, they don't seem like people and, and, and things like this. It's just people hanging out. Yeah. Happen to play music. You guys happen to do what you do to make the world go around and we all come together and forget about life for a while and have a good time. It's another great thing is like feeling like you're friends with the people. So like I've, haven't you guys since Meeting of the Minds, I don't think, not this, just this past one, but the one before. So that was like a year wow. and a few months ago. But I feel like, you know, I feel like we could just, like, I feel like you guys are my friends. Like, we can just pick up where we left off, even though, you know, I haven't seen you in like a year and a half. Tamara's nodding her head. <laughs> and that's like one of the great things about this, not just house concerts, but I think this, the music of trop rock, if you will, is sort of that like, singer songwriter intimate the genre has just become part of it is just really meeting people being like becoming friends with people getting to know people you know, i hear more and more and more all, all the events that we play and all the places we go and stuff and it really hit me this year because this year at meeting the minds i scheduled myself very light on shows because I wanted to go around and kind of feel what does this feel like from a fan's perspective what do we need to be doing what what are we doing right what are we doing wrong and the feeling I had after the end of the week was after bouncing all over town and seeing all the different events as a, as a fan I was like you know this is not about the music it's about the family it's about people getting together who haven't seen each other in a year or people getting together who haven't seen each other in six right, months yeah, exactly. and catching up and they have a common love and that's the music and in a way, it's the way I wrote my big Facebook post this year after I always do after Meeting the Minds like my, because it's the end of our touring season. So I kind of like sum up my year's thing and then move on. And, it's like you're like sending out your Christmas card. It's like, yeah, here's all the things like, we did this year. My, you know, <laughs> results of the year or whatever. And I said, basically, you know, it's like we're all never growing up. And none of us ever wanted to grow up. We didn't want to do the grown up thing. So we're all kind of checking that at, at the airport gate. And the music is the airplane that takes us to this other place, like Peter Pan, kind of like, you know, we're, yeah. we make our own little Never Neverland. Second start of the ride and straight on till morning. You know, we have a great time. <laughs> and, um, and one big thing about Meeting of the Minds this year is that we saw so many young artists coming in to yes. keep this thing going. It's really we exciting, need, yeah. You know, the young mm -hmm. people. Yeah. So it's exciting. There was a ton of new girls, yes. young girls. We got more women, yes. finally. Yeah. yeah, even so, the last. The one before, which was the last one I went to, there were a couple new, like, young, younger women musicians. And I'm just like, yes. Yeah. Because yeah. my biggest fear is just, like, someday that I'm the only person in the club. Or I'm the only person <laughs> going to these events. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, and so, yeah, definitely, like, bringing in that new blood of, for musicians, I feel like will bring in new blood yes. for fans, yes. too. Yes, so. that's Absolutely. what we believe. That's We've really been. Nice. You know, nurturing all these new artists. I mean, I've been real. Erica Sunshine Lee is a great one that just oh yeah, she's great. A year and half ago, and we become best friends. We co-write together now. We helped her a lot. You know, not that she really needed it because she kind of <laughs> already had her own thing out there in the world before this. But 
I'll tell you this, the coolest thing, and she's a great example to give. I mean, she came from an unknown in this world who's been touring around the country for the last 10 years building her own thing to an overnight success in a year's time, you know, because she's quality and people get it and she gets it and she's cool. Yeah, and she seems like a really hard worker. And something too. really cool she told me a couple of months ago after meeting him on, she said, Mike, you know, here's the thing. He said, she said, I've been out like lone wolfing this thing on my own for all these years, digging the ditches and building this thing. And I was getting a point in my career where I kind of hit a lull and, you know, I was wondering, man, is this ever going to take off? Am I ever going to find this? And she said, now a year later, because of these people in this genre, I feel like I have a family, I have a home. You know, and she's found a place she belongs. So I mean, yeah. that's just a great example of what, it's, it's not about musicians and fans in this thing. It's just about people being human to each other. And don't we need a little bit more of that in this right, world Right, yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Okay, Tamara's saying she needs to make noise, so we should probably wrap it up. We can take it out on the back porch. Yeah, yeah, if you guys are okay with that. Okay. Let's go out there. We're moving the podcast. Yeah, we do what we want on this podcast. There's no rules. Oh, there's probably going to be some dogs. That's okay. They can come inside. Oh, okay. There we go. Let's switch places. Go. Oh, it's not, actually not too cold out here. It's cool. I've never been out here yet. Oh yeah, it's a really nice backyard. Oh, but yeah, basically to finish that thought, it's, um, you know, I, I say to people, that my new thing for house concerts is I say, hey, if you guys had a great time, if you enjoyed today, and a lot of these people, it's their first time, with, like you said, with a house concert, and they don't know what they're getting into. And everybody seems to love it, and they have such a good time, and they get it. I'm like, go tell five of your friends. Go spread the message to your family bring more people in this not just for us but for them because there's so many people in our country right now that need something like this in their lives to stop worrying about all the other crap they fight about and the politics and the, the stuff that doesn't matter and just get back to being real to each other and this is a really great way to do it i think yeah. that's why i think it's the future of music yeah it, it definitely is one of my favorite ways to see music or musicians play um and just to bring it back a little bit, uh, talking about Erica and um, how I mentioned, like she seems like a really hard worker. Mm. I feel like as fans, we get to see, we get to roll in for like an evening, right? We're, we got our drinks, we got our food, we get to enjoy the concert. And then, and it seems like it's just like, oh, your life is just like party all the time kind of, but I'm sure being on the road all the time is super hard. Um, like, is it a lot of work? Like I know- I mean, it's definitely it's a lot of work. It's gotta be in your blood. Yeah, like you, know, like you have to be really committed. Anybody, yeah. It's yeah, not it's not an easy life if you don't love it. And <laughs> when, you know, we've had like our band members and stuff like that who didn't love it, and we were out on the road for two hundred days a year, and you know they're miserable half the time. And so if you don't love it, it's not for you. I mean, it's not. But for those of us who do love it, it's a blessed life to get to live because, you know, we started three weeks ago. We started twenty twenty tour in Nassau, and then we went to Key West. <laughs> Then we went to New Orleans, right. and now we're out going to Mexico. <laughs> Sounds pretty magical to yeah. me. Two weeks now we'll be in Belize. So we can't I mean, really complain. You know, yeah. We can't well, complain. What, we've been together six years yeah. in April, and we've seen, Mike and I have seen all 50 states and 27 different countries wow. in six years. Because so. of That's music. Because of this. Because we get guys, paid to go yeah. there, so, you know. Awesome. A lot of people would look at our travels and think, man, those guys must be rich. Oh, <laughs> definitely, definitely not, not rich. It, but, <laughs> We're rich of friends, right. and we're rich yes. of, of, of good people who support what we do. And, and not just us, I mean, there's so many other great artists who are my good friends. And that's another thing for me growing up in a town like Nashville where it's so cutthroat. 
musicians that pretend to be your friend until they get something from oh. you they need, and then they step on you and you know, and it's just so yeah. anti loving. Everyone in this like sphere seems really like genuine, all the friendly, supportive, we're all truly friends, like we happy to work together. Stages. We help each other because we realize. A high tide rises all boats. Yeah, I think I saw a picture of you changing someone's guitar string <laughs> while they were still playing. <laughs> I was like, is that even possible? <laughs> yeah, it was at Party Girl last week, yeah. actually. He broke a bass string of all things. I don't even know who breaks bass strings, but Johnny do. He must have been rocking real hard yeah, on that bass. Yeah, that's just the camaraderie that we all share because we're all so blessed to be doing what we're doing. Um, you know, a lot of people think there are two levels of music are starving musician and superstar. But there's this whole level in between nowadays where average people like us who don't have record deals and don't have the millions of dollars or whatever that those big stars do can still go out and make a living at this because of the internet and social media and being able to get the word out and get these people together and stuff. And these guys have been doing this for 30 years, way before the internet ever came along. But. Nah. Well, and that's it seems like a nice thing about the house concert uh, sort of situation too is that not only like, you know, people bring money to if they're going to come to the house concert but also like you have a place to stay you get yeah. fed like mm -hmm. these like Much that's nice. all sort of like part of the deal yeah. like you don't have to pay for a hotel because i mean i'm sure not all the time but most of the time right like you're invited yeah, to stay the at the houses of the well people. and from our point of view too it's cool because now versus back when we had a band it would be run in play a show and we didn't do a whole lot of house concerts because we couldn't like, right we it's just big and yeah it, you know. yeah um so back then it was run in play a show hey everybody gotta go boom next next town boom boom Whereas now, for us, it's so much more laid back. We get to come in, hang out with our friends, get to be better friends with our friends, spend more quality time with them, and not rush off to the next place. And yeah. I'm loving that part of it. Yeah. I feel so much more at peace now, like at ease. Yeah, just relax. <laughs> yeah. Well, Melissa, what did you do before this? Like, um, I worked in sales. So I worked at um, resorts. So I planned anything you needed a banquet room for, like, Wedding receptions, corporate meetings, uh, their guest rooms, golf—pretty much, they're really their travel agent for. So actually, like being in charge of. Well, I mean, I'm not, I don't know if you're in charge, but <laughs> assuming oh, that you're in charge, in charge of the tri of the like, you know, I'm sure like like organizing the travel and stuff is kind of right up your alley. Then, yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. Did you ever think like Did you ever see no, this coming or? <laughs> never. I'll never forget the phone call I made to my dad. About six years ago, I'm like, Dad, about that career and stuff I had, I'm it's, gonna quit it and yeah, go on tour the band. I'm done with that. All he said was, Oh, Melissa. <laughs> but he loves them now, of course. But, well, yeah. yeah, and it seems like it's going well. Oh, yeah, so definitely, yeah. Um, do you you do lots of things, right? Like. Like it's not like you're just along for the ride with oh, Mike. Yeah, no, so you do like a lot of like the planning and right. I do the behind the scenes like stuff. manager kind I've of. I've only yeah. been on stage once, and we won't talk about that. <laughs> ice, <laughs> Rapping, ice, ice, oh, baby. Well. <laughs> oh, it's awful. That's, Party girl. Was yeah, the first I was. <laughs> I was like, did that just happen? Oh, because I feel like it was so rapper. bad. <laughs> Trop yeah. rap, yeah. Rap. I'm not sure that's a genre I'm as into, but <laughs> no, I'd give different. it a shot. Yeah. Instead of hoes, it's instead of bitches and hoes, it's palm trees, rainbows. Yeah. <laughs> so much better. So much so more. So much better. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Um, but yeah, I'm using my background still, you know, yeah. still today. With that's what, cool. What I do here, so yeah, it works still. Yeah. yeah, it's working. And yeah. you, so Mike, you. I know some people that, like you mentioned, like some people that are sort of like newer to the trop rock 
world, if we're sort of using that as a blanket term, sort of fell into it because they're kind of like a singer songwriter or something. But you actually like were a Jimmy Buffett fan, right? Actually, like yeah, way that, back that, in the day. That, I'm finding more and more it makes me very unique and, and different because a lot of the guys, even, you know, the Tom Shepherds and, and Aaron Scherzes and all my friends that are in this and have been in it for a while, Donnie Brewers, you know, they really, they, they have their take on this stuff and they got into it for that. And that's wonderful. I'm glad, you know, um, I don't know if I would have ever found this had not, had I not been a Jimmy Buffett fan. Cause back in the early days when we came along, it was still very much Parrothead and it was, you go to an event and it was 90% Jimmy Buffett cover songs. Right. And 10% original stuff. Whereas now that's totally flipped. Yeah. Now there's like hardly but, any Jimmy Buffett. I mean, I've always, <laughs> you know, I always got into Buffett. I always loved Buffett, like the B side stuff, not the, Margaritavilles in one particular right. harbors and all that, but like the real good stuff on the deep cuts on the old albums. Yeah, well, and his some of his early stuff was like really country. Oh, it and was, yeah. Definitely like Southern Draw Band was sort of like Southern rock country vibe. Yeah, we were we were always I've always kind of been more like a Zach Brown band where we're like country Southern rock and we have a little tropical influence. Right. You know? But you're new, so you just released a new solo album this mm-hmm. past year, yeah. and that seems to be. A little more on the tropical side than like the country side. I call it summer side. Oh, it's that's a, a good side. side. Yeah, I'm down with that yeah. side. <laughs> like it's there's some tropical vibe in it if you want it to be there, but then there's plenty of country vibe there. And um, for me, it was it's my very first solo album after four albums with a band for the last seven years. So I really wanted to define like who I am, what I am, where I'm at in my life right now. You know, who I am as an artist. Yeah, and I couldn't be more proud of that album. I mean, I feel like my producer uh, Dave DeMay just knocked it out of the park. He hired the best musicians. I had Kenny Chesney's guitar player on it, and um, yeah, Andy that's Grant's amazing. Bass player, and I'm just sitting in the studio with just my jaw drop watching these guys work. <laughs> going, oh my god, this is I can't believe I'm here, you know, recording like this. And, and we picked some great songs and wrote some great songs. I got a lot of co-writes on there with my buddy Aaron Schurz, who happens to be over in San Felipe tonight. Oh, down in Mexico already. So. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just for me at this point in my career, it was really important to come out of the chaos. I wouldn't say chaos of the band falling apart, but it was very unexpected for the right. fans. Right. You know, it was kind of unexpected for us, although we could we could feel it coming for a while. But for the fans, it was just like an overnight pull the plug, you know, and it was very chaotic for them. So. Yeah, and I feel like at, from a fan perspective, when you don't know what goes on behind the scenes, it's sort of there's sort of like, I think the gut reaction is to just like think like oh, no, something horrible happened and they right. hate each other. Yeah. But that's not really what happened. No, it's just like a different, like you just I mean, like honestly, had different directions. we did it the perfect way that a band could ever do it. Because I know, I mean, I love bands too. <laughs> like Van Halen, they're never going to tour again. They hate each other, you know. Um, for us, it was like we could feel it coming. I mean, we've been out there grinding it for all those years and we kind of hit a plateau where we weren't really going any higher. And, you know, we were out, like I said, down the road 200 days a year. I mean, they wear you out. And got to the point where the guys that started the band at 25 are now in their mid-30s and they want to settle down and have kids and have a family and it's hard to do with this life yeah you know my kids are grown and out of the way already so um yeah it was it was an amicable thing and that's hard to do in the band world. yeah definitely but we all basically left it and has let's do it now while we still right while it is still amicable and not let it get to the point where we hate yeah. each other because i think that's yeah. probably what happens with a lot of bands is Instead of doing it when maybe they're, everyone's kind of like, oh, we're on the same page, but not really the same page, but mm-hmm. we're okay. They sort of like, nobody wants to be, fester, right? Nobody yeah. wants to be the first person to be like, hey, maybe right. I want to do something else or maybe. And then it just like builds until everybody's like, ah, we yeah. hate each other. But now we of. get to walk away from it, you know, intact <clears throat> and, and left it as, you know, we may never play again. I mean, I've actually had Larry, the drummer, 
on a few shows this year. I had JD and, and Josh, the guitar player and, and uh, fiddle player, on a few shows this year. So it's like we're still yeah, doing it, yeah. but to be Southern Draw Band again as everybody knew it, it may never happen, or we may end up headlining modem one year. Who knows? Right. We'll, we're going to save that reunion show for something big, I'll tell you that. But it's sure. nice then maybe, like, gives you a chance to kind of do your own yeah. thing, which is, is definitely different than what Southern Draw Band is doing. You know, when doing, all of us so. started this thing, we were just playing little bars in Knoxville, Tennessee, and had no idea that it would end where it did seven years later with us touring all over the country, I mean, half over the world, with all these fans and playing our own music and all this stuff. I mean, we didn't plan for it. So at the end of it, you sit down and go, wow, that was the hell of a ride, man. Let's, uh, you know, we, we would never have what we have now without have, having done it together and without these people, the fans. Mm -hmm. Well, and you started your own festival. I would be remiss if we did yeah. not talk about the yeah. SOB yeah. festival, <laughs> uh, which is coming up fairly soon. So we should probably April. talk about that we, if people want to go. It's, uh, yeah, just you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, it's the SOB festival, yeah. south of the border. <laughs> Does not stand for what you think it might stand for. Or it may stand for what <laughs> Or both. Might. Yeah, it could be both. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just a little idea that Melissa and I had about five years ago. She used to live in Mesa. Arizona. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And I'd never been years. to the desert before when we met. So she brought me out and I was like, oh my God, I love Phoenix. I love it. Well, let me take you down to Rocky Point. You're going to love Rocky Point. I fell in love with Rocky Point. And um, so I'm like, man, we got to do a festival here. So her background being the, the sales and catering and marketing and all that stuff, it worked well with, with the music thing that I brought. So we're like, hey, let's do this. Let's put a festival together and we'll see what happens. And, and it's been growing pretty well over the last four years. I mean, we got a really, really nice hotel this year. We've really upgraded our hotel. Yes. Um, it's more of a resort, really, than a hotel. Yeah. Right the, on the water. The Beach. year that I went was the first year or the yeah, second? Yeah, that was, uh, I think you were there I the think it was the first year. year. Yeah. First yeah. year, yeah. And I haven't been able to go since then, unfortunately, but I can vouch for the fact that Melissa and Mike are the best hosts ever because <laughs> the first year just... It's Mexico, right? Wasn't our motto like, it's Mexico. It's Mexico. <laughs> like so many things just like didn't go as planned, but you guys were so on top of it and constantly trying to like come up with a new thing to do or like a new entertainment or whatever fell through. There was always like immediately something to fill the void. So I, even though I haven't been to the more recent ones, like I can definitely make a plug for the fact that that event is amazing like even if everything goes wrong it's still super fun because well, you guys really like put the yeah, work in actually, to make we, it we've great learned everybody. from all that and we, oh i'm sure we, i'm sure you know the seven p's of success prior proper preparation prevents piss poor performance <laughs> write that down business yeah. people you need that for your life and uh so we got most of it dialed in now it's it's running smooth it's great and the biggest thing that happened is we've now picked up a huge following 100 people or so of local oh you know, that's great and canadians yeah. that live down there and stuff so we've got that foundation and so now the people that we bring down from america it's like we've got everything running right we got the right hotel we got the right venues we got the right musicians i mean everything's just firing on all these centers yeah. it's a blast it's basically just a you know a weekend stretched out weekend getaway to yeah, have some fun with play some music, music you play and mark mulligan plays mark right and we got tom shepherd this year oh tom shepherd so. that's cool um, haven't even announced that yet. Oh, <laughs> Actually, surprise, surprise. Yeah. surprise. You got an exclusive on this podcast, Actually, yeah. Tom like, Shepard. You're the first person Except, I'm told. Okay, don't tell anyone for like a week because this probably won't go up. Like, by then it won't be an exclusive and anymore. And the other surprise is Mark is bringing his band. He calls it Five and a Half Mexicans. Oh, yes, I have awesome. heard of that. So he's going to bring them this year. So yeah, it's going to be That'll a fun be year. That'll be great. And it's the last week of April. It's the 
Uh, it goes Thursday to Monday if you want to stay till Monday, but you can go back Sunday too or whatever. We got transportation, everything. If you get yourself to Phoenix Airport or Tucson, um, there's transportation. We bring you down there. It's completely safe. So don't get yes, scared. No, it's, it's, Mexico. Yeah. It's, it's not a problem at all. Totally for safe. Sure. Wonderful people. Very and more affordable. than anything. Yeah, it is extremely affordable for yeah. that I mean, it is for, big, yeah. like long of an event, staying at a resort, hearing oh, musicians. It's. Yeah. Oh, and where can people go to find them? SOBMexico.com. And, Go to uh, yeah, that. Our motto is instead of building walls, we're down here building bridges. Right. So it's, it's not, of, it's Mexico anymore. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's, I mean, it's working. It's, yeah. It's, it's work in progress. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to say, like, it was still great that first year. Like, I still had a great time. So. Were you there when the tamales had nothing inside of them? I didn't go on the that trip, that, like, the, the date. I didn't go on that day trip, but yes, I heard about or it. When we, or when we hired the. Uh, the Mexican band. The band that didn't show up. We got out there at the last minute. Apparently. They just don't show yeah. <laughs> But it was fine. We yeah. all had a great time oh, anyway. Yeah. So and it's gotten amazing. better and better with that part of it. I mean, it's it's basically a weekend long drink fest in Rocky right. Point with some music and it's a bunch of great people and all the trop rock folks and stuff and all the locals who, even though they're not trop rock parrot head folks, they sold it all and moved to the beach. So they're the right, right. mentality. Right. right. They, they don't know they're parrot they heads, but they're it. actually parrot they're heads. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, we should probably wrap it up. I'm sure there's people that want to uh, meet you and stuff before the show. So do you have anything else that you'd like to like plug, upcoming things? Uh, or? You know, you can find out more about me and the band on southerndrawlband.com, D-R-A-W-L, southerndrawlband.com. I need to change that, but apparently there's a guy over in England who's got MikeNash.com locked Uh-oh. up, and he's a musician too. So You'll have I, to do like... Mike Nash. I don't know. I'm thinking uh, like Mike Nash uh, music Nash's. or something. Oh, yeah, Mike Nash music. That'd be good. Because I'm doing a lot more stuff as Mike Nash now, so it seems weird for people to go, why, why am I going to southerndrawband.com? That's weird. But, yeah, it could be uh, Mike Nash, uh, and then in parentheses, the best Mike Nash. <laughs> <laughs> I could do the Mike Nash. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's just the Mike Nash. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Mike Nash. But for right now, everyone can find it southerndrawband.com and that's where all the schedule and all that stuff and uh, I mean we're we're thick in the winter tour right now I call it winter but yeah we're, here we, we're sitting outside and it's we call very it pleasant Dodge the winter tour. <laughs> yeah. that's and, a better um, name for it for and sure we go all over America in uh, the summertime and so please come to shows and and if you love it and you love what you're finding out especially if you're new to this thing um, go spread the word get some more people into it because they, these people have created this beautiful thing 30 years ago they've kept alive and now we're the ones carrying the torch and it's up to us to not let it die. Yes. yes. And thank you for having us. Yes, thank you so and much for agreeing to be on. You know, doing what you do. I mean, it's because of people I'm, like you, this is going to continue. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I mean, that's the hope. Like I said, probably most people that listen are already deep, knee deep in this. And, and I want this to be for those people too. But, you know, I'm also, it would also be amazing if we could like draw in a few a few new people yeah, like every love. every new person just yeah. like build build the community build the fan base because um, i think people just don't know that this is a thing oh, like yeah. they it's don't totally know house concerts are a thing they don't know like they think they've maybe heard of jimmy buffett and are like oh well, i'm not that into jimmy buffett but you know the trap rock thing even though it's called trap rock is so much bigger than jimmy buffett now like oh, there's a little time. something for everyone there's so many different there sub-genres of music and like within I said, I mean, that a lot of the new artists said they don't even have tropical songs so it right. doesn't have to be that they have to be tropical love you know the, the the fans that i'm seeing that are coming into this here this last year we're getting a lot of like late 40s early 50 somethings who are empty nesters now and the kids are grown and they're looking for something to be a part of 
and they just love music. You know, they don't mm -hmm. they don't even care to come put on feathers and get right. drunk and act crazy. And that's what it's really else. about it's, is the music. And it's turning into more of that. You know? And that's I think what really brings people together is mm -hmm. is just sharing that mm -hmm. enjoyment. So it's a really cool little thing we've got. You know, yeah. it just. It, we want it to grow because I feel like more people need it. I <laughs> agree. Know? And it helps all of us because then we can have bigger events and do better stuff and yeah. bring it to more yeah. and more people. You know, this really could be the second coming of the peace and love movement. I mean, really. I, in that a time would be and place, think about it, in the great. 60s, you know, in a time and place where the world's going, I mean, we've got the war and all this other bad, bad, bad stuff's going on in the world. And these people just got together and loved each other and found some music and it was all about the music and the time and the place and the people coming together at the right time and if you look around our, our world today it's kind of the same thing yeah and even the the drugs and a lot of our fans <laughs> and a lot of our fans are still they were on drugs back then and they're still on drugs yeah it's just drugs just to keep them alive different alive. drugs yeah <laughs> instead of lsd it's they've, they've just like cycled through the different <laughs> drugs until yeah. they got to like because these guys are the hippie generation that started this hilarious. yeah <laughs> All right. I love that. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, let's go play slash listen to some music. Yeah. All right. Let's go party. All right. With porpoise. <laughs> porpoise. <laughs> okay. Welcome back from the interview. I hope you really enjoyed that. It was a fun time. Um, it's, it's funny inter interviewing. I mean, I guess I've only interviewed two people so far, but I've talked to a lot more people and, you know, everybody expresses things a little differently, has different ideas, but I think a lot of us that are going to these things and listening or the musicians, you know, we kind of have a similar reason why we're there. And I think a lot of that was expressed uh, in this episode. So hope you had a good time. And if you, like I said, you want to check out Mike's album at Stay Thirsty, if you're interested in um, checking out the SOB festival, definitely do that. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go this year. I hope I will, but I'm not sure yet. But you you definitely can. It's such a good time and it's at a brand new resort. Well, you heard all about it, but go to the website, take a look at that. Um, maybe we can hang out there. And um, yeah, so just... If you want to learn more about that, you can go to his stuff. Um, if you want to learn more or follow me, um, you can go check out my social medias. Um, it's pretty much at blame it. Or I'm sorry, at blame Buffett Pod on all the things: Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook. Instagram's probably the one that is. That's I just like posting pictures and stuff so that's probably the one if you want to um just see pictures of not just Jimmy Buffett stuff but you know what fun tropical beers I'm drinking or you know basically anything that's kind of Jimmy Buffett adjacent and which honestly is kind of going to be this podcast I not every episode is going to have an interview with a musician um I just want to, you know, investigate all the things, maybe interview some of the charities that we do work for, maybe do uh, just really anything that's even tangentially related to Jimmy Buffett or Trap Rock or Parrot Heads. So it's really going to be hopefully an adventure and hopefully you'll be along for the ride. Um, also, as you may have heard in that previous interview, the adventure means that, you know, I'm not going to be recording these, you know, in a podcasting studio every time I'm hopefully going to be doing it in 
bars and on beaches and in hot tubs, which we've already done, and on boats maybe, um, really anywhere. So it's not always going to be perfect sound quality, but hopefully you'll forgive that and um, just uh, be along for the ride because it's going to be a great time, I think. Um, so yeah, please, please uh, give me any feedback. Let me know what you think. This podcast is now up, hopefully, I'm pretty sure on all of the major podcasting or podcast listening platforms. So that includes um, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts is obviously the big one. If you want to um, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, that would be amazing. If that's a platform that you use, um, you can leave reviews there, which is always great and helpful. I mean, you know, if your review is like one star, this podcast is garbage, then maybe you don't need to leave that review. <laughs> Um, constructive criticism is good. Um, this podcast is garbage is not constructive criticism. Um, but whatever you do you, if you want to leave that review, that's okay too. So please go do that. Follow me on the social media. And, um, and like I said before, if you go to the anchor link, which should be on most of my social medias, or maybe if you're listening on anchor right now, um, send me voice messages. I think this might be a pretty good time. And, and, you know, I'd like to maybe answer some questions um, live on the show. Well, I guess it's not live, but um, your voice would be on it and then my voice. So uh, I think I think it could be, I think this is going to be the start of something really fun. And, and if you have ideas about interviews you'd like to hear, um, uh, places you'd like me to travel, you can send me the money to do that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but if you have any, like, topics that you'd like, you think you'd like to hear about, um, I'm really, like I said, open to anything. Hopefully when people, whenever people come for house concerts, I'll definitely be trying to do interviews there um, when I go to events, um, that kind of thing. But otherwise, you know, if you're just a fan of Jimmy Buffett and, you know, you want, you have something to say and you want to talk and we could do an interview or, yeah, I just, since I'm starting out, I'm just trying to, you know, figure out what the best way to do this is and, and hopefully we're all in it together. So, let me know what you think, and until next time, um, enjoy the weather. No, I don't know. I need a catchphrase or something, like a sign-off phrase, so send me those to you. If you think of any good sign-off phrases, if it has a pun in it, that's even better. Puns are the best. Um, yeah, so until next time. Blame it on Buffett.